are we here? And that's the question that I want to look at today. Why are we here? So when I thought about that, I thought, well, why did the first church ever gather in the first place? I don't know if you guys ever thought about that. Like, why, why did the first church ever decide that, hey, we need to get together? And so when we think about this, there were two reasons. There were two reasons that made the church, the earliest church, relentless. It's the reason they got together. Our next series that we're going to start next week is called Relentless. And what we see is that when the early church got together, they had, nothing could stop them. I mean, the, the, the rulers, the authorities that day, they, they did everything in their power to stop Nothing could stop them. They wouldn't quit. They'd endure anything and everything to gather together to worship. Why? And then they wouldn't just gather together. Then they'd scatter, right? So they could tell anyone and everyone this amazing good news. There was, in the early church, a devotion that started with just a few people that rippled throughout the world, and it has rippled throughout all of world history for the last 2,000 years. And it all started with a small group of people that gathered together. What were, here's what I want to talk to you about today, what were those two reasons? What were they that brought the church together? Because I want to tell you, 2,000 years later, there are two reasons why we're here on February 1st, 2015. And they're the exact same reasons the church started 2,000 years ago. And here they are. Number one, the early church gathered because they had witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why they gathered. And so the resurrection all of a sudden helped these guys to realize who Jesus actually really was. No gathering happened until the resurrection. That's the first reason they gathered. Number two, they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason they got together and the reason they were relentless in their devotion was because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we find that these are the two reasons that the church gathered initially. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead and because they were filled with the Spirit. Because in chapter 2, we're going to be, and this is the book of Acts, which is the story of the beginning of the church. Uh, Peter gets up and he gives the, his first sermon. So the first sermon that was ever given to a church, we actually have here. All right? And so how cool is it that over 2,000 years ago, we get to listen to the same sermon? <laughs> Pretty fun, isn't it? All right, so here it is. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Here's what Peter said. People of Israel... Listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless men, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. That's, that's kind of like really seeker-friendly, isn't it? <laughs> But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses to it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has reached, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and he has poured out what you now see and hear. 
Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. The promise, okay? <laughs> Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children. Is it not great to have all the kids in here, by the way? This is so awesome. This, now listen to this. The promise is for you and your children and for all who, would, who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And that's what's amazing, you guys. So the church got together, and Peter, by the way, he was, he was so scared. He, he was hidden. He, he, was, he, he didn't want to even go out in public. And the next thing you knew, he's boldly proclaiming this because of these two reasons. Let's look at this first one. Number one, why are we here, K2, the church? Because we believe with all of our being in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what the resurrection tells us today is the reality of who he is. It lets us know he really is the son of God. So we need to understand this, you guys. The Christian faith didn't start because of Jesus' great teachings, okay? All the apostles, they knew his teachings, and what were they doing? They were hiding in a locked room, scared to death. So it definitely wasn't his teachings. Here's the other thing we understand. See, they knew those things, but it didn't start the church. But his resurrection, when Jesus appeared, because they saw him die, and when he came back to life, then they realized, holy smokes, this wasn't just a good man. This is the son of God, because he's the only one who's been able, like the scripture says, death couldn't hold him in the grave. Because there was no sin in him. He's the only being. He's the son of God. So he wasn't a good man anymore who was a good teacher. No, the resurrection showed these guys this really was the son of God. He is who he claimed to be. Because he made these claims that he and the father were one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. He was claiming to be God. And his resurrection is what proved that to be true. Now, all of a sudden, his teachings are not musings to consider whether you like them or not. Or they're not things that you, that you think that'll make your life better if you believe them. See, we, we don't actually look anymore at Jesus' teachings as to see if like, will this, will this work for me? Because he rose from the dead, now we realize when Jesus said, I came to testify to the truth. See, these aren't just opinions of a neat teacher. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he's the son of God, and he's revealed to us what is true. So, his, and here's the other thing. His death was not a demonstration of how much Jesus loved the Father 
or a commitment or a resolve. Watch me, I'll go all the way to the cross and, and die. It wasn't that. Because his resurrection showed that when he was on the cross, he was actually doing a willing sacrifice for all of the sin of the world. It was a sacrifice for your sin and for mine. When he was on the cross, he was taking all of our sin, absorbing it into himself and receiving the punishment so that we never have to receive it again. And here's what I want to tell you guys. This is really important because what we understand is Jesus Christ's resurrection, that never changes. That doesn't change. There are so many other things that change, but the resurrection never changes. His identity never changes. We have a risen Savior, which means he's alive today. And we have one who has taken all of the sin and our punishment into himself so that you can know right now that you are completely forgiven of all of your sin. Is that not good news? All right. Okay, yeah, I mean, you can even clap if you want. I, get, I can tell you this. When you get to heaven, you will. All right? No, you won't because you'll be on your face. All right, so anyway. So number one, the reason the church started it's because a dead man came alive. And he ascended into heaven right in their plain sight. The resurrection of Jesus Christ never changes. Here's the second reason they started the church. And it's the second reason we're here today. Because they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what this tells us is this is the reality. So the resurrection tells us the reality of who Jesus is. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit... You now know the reality of who you are. And everything changes. Listen to this. In Acts chapter 1, it says, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So here's what happened. When the resurrection took place and they saw Jesus Christ alive, they knew what was true. Oh my goodness. Jesus is risen. But even after they saw Jesus, what were they still doing? They were still hiding. They were still hanging out in the small little room, afraid of what might happen to them if they stepped out. But when the Holy Spirit came, it's called Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came on them, what happened? See, now they received the very Spirit of God. And when that happened, they experienced God. Jesus' resurrection means that they knew who he was now. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes inside you, now God's very Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, comes and dwells inside of you. And when that happens, I'm telling you what, man, everything changes. And here's what happened to them. They went from cowering fear to boldly proclaiming. They went from questioning everything. 
Do you guys, have you guys read the gospel? Anybody? Isn't it crazy? I mean, how, these guys walk with Jesus every day for three years. How, can I just ask you a question? How many of you are jealous of the disciples because they got to walk with Jesus for every day for three years? Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, we would think, but let me do that. But can I just tell you what? They walked with God in the flesh for three years, and they never changed. Isn't that interesting? They were still questioning everything that Jesus said. But after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they stopped questioning, and they absolutely started trusting. Here's the other thing they were doing before that. They wanted to be above everybody else. You guys remember these stories? They, you know, they're, they're, the closer Jesus got to the cross, the disciples were like, hey, can we be the top dog? They always wanted to be above everybody else. After they were filled with the very spirit of Christ, what happened? Instead of wanting to be above everyone, they became the servant to everyone. They changed. They, what, they went from living to their own interest to living for the glory of God. Now, here's what's interesting. And this is very important to understand. They no longer actually walked with Jesus when he was in the flesh. Jesus was now dwelling within them. And that's why he looked at them. In, in John chapter 14, he looked at them and he goes, you guys, it is for my good that I go away. Because they, I mean, come on, man, they're with Jesus. They don't want him to go. He says, it's good that I go because when I go, now you won't just have to talk to me like this. I'm going to come, and I'm actually going to indwell within you. And they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Christ was in them, and they were in Christ. And the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. As Jesus said, they were born again of his spirit. Hey, can I give you some guys some amazing news? This is the truth. The same spirit that filled these wacky disciples and changed them into people who literally transformed the world is the same spirit that we receive when we put our faith in Christ. Do you guys know that? The same spirit that absolutely transformed the disciples so the early church started and they went out and they experienced community like never before and love like never before and they literally turned upside down. When we put our faith in Christ, then we get baptized with the Holy Spirit too. And His Spirit is in us. And so we're all jealous because we didn't get to walk with them, but we'll walk with Jesus in the flesh. But what we do get is the living Christ who's resurrected now inside of us. And I tell you what, the only reason we're here today on February 1st, 2015, is because Jesus rose from the dead and because we have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Anyone want to say amen to that? Amen. amen. This is awesome, awesome news. And here's what it results in, you guys. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes out. You know what that power is? It's the power, finally, to stop living for yourself. Because finally, we will have the Holy Spirit inside of us who always says yes to God. I know this, man. Without the Spirit of God in my life, I just don't say yes to God. But when I received him, he transforms me. He gives me a new heart so that I can finally say yes to him. That's the power that you receive. And then, not only that, you receive love. He pours his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Peace. We can finally understand spiritual realities. The Bible's very clear. 
that the Spirit gives us. And Jesus told us, when the Spirit comes upon you, He is the one who will open your eyes to the truth of a spiritual reality. Without His help, you can't see it. You will receive joy. You will receive a living hope. And here's the other thing you receive. You receive an endurance and a perseverance like these guys had. And you'll never quit. And you'll never stop. And here's what I know. In the midst of everything that changes, right? Because everything changes. There's two things that never change. Jesus Christ will never stop being the risen Lord. And you will never stop being his child. Listen to this. Romans 8 says this. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit. You guys hear that? When you're baptized with His Spirit, the very Spirit of God joins with your spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Okay, anybody want to be an heir? My dad was a phys ed teacher. I'm not an heir. You know, it ain't happening. It's cool to me to think that I'm an heir. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. That's unbelievable. Everything that Jesus possessed when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit you have. And here's why I want to tell you. Everything around us changes, right? Life circumstances change. Our own emotions change. Can I ask you a question? How many of you in this room, can we all just confess, how many of you, your faith kind of wavers at times in God? Anybody's way? Okay. Everybody who didn't raise your hand just lied in church. So it's all right. Here's what I know. My devotion to Jesus wavers. Sometimes I'm all in. And sometimes I'm really struggling. Sometimes I sense him so close. And sometimes I feel like he's not even there. Can I ask you a question? When I don't feel like God's there, does that mean that Jesus didn't rise from the dead? No. Say that louder. No. 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 See, my faith is not founded on how I feel. And here's the other thing. When everything around you in life falls apart, does that mean that Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead? No. And doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean all of a sudden you're not his child anymore if you don't sense his presence. I think my kids are up there in one of those cool booths. Are you guys up there? Yeah. <laughs> so those, there's Ashlyn waving her hand. Caleb, I think, is up. Mariah's over there. So here's the deal. Those three rugrats, those dudes are my children. And there's nothing that can change that. You need to know. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, the scripture says you became a child of God. And that means that no matter what's happening around you, whether your emotions are tight with him or not, whether the circumstances in life are good or not, here's another thing that changes. If you're not changing, then who is? Everybody around you, right? It's not me, it's them. And we look around and other people are going up and down. But there's something that never, never changes. And that's Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. That's who he is. And you're a child of God if you've received Christ through faith. The weather changes. The place where we meet, a building may change. 
But our devotion here at K2, you guys, our devotion isn't to controlling life so that it works the way that we want it to. That's not what we're devoted to. Our devotion isn't to whatever makes us feel good or whatever works for us. That's not our devotion. Our devotion isn't to our own intellectual ability to figure things out. Are any of you trusting your little pea brain to figure out the universe? See, I gave up on that a long time ago. I'm not gonna, that's not my devotion. Our devotion is to never forget these two realities. These are the two things that never change. It is who Jesus is. It is who we are. It's why we're here today. And it is why we will be relentless in our devotion to Jesus, to each other, and to the world. And I want to tell you what, man. If we would believe in the resurrection of Christ, and if we would believe that the baptism that we received when we put our faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit came inside of us, you know what would happen? God said, you'll receive power, and you will be my witnesses, and the whole world will see the glory of God through the way you treat each other and the way you love the world. You guys in? Okay, give me an amen to that right there. All right, let's do this. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, I, I talked with a guy earlier this week, and he, he just mentioned how, man, it'd be cool, Dave, if every once in a while we all just, like, maybe said the Lord's Prayer together or, or just kind of as a community declared something. So I got up early this morning, and I was reading through. Uh, earlier in the week, I, I actually kind of wrote out some of my, my thoughts. So I was going back, and I was looking at those. And I started reading this little section, and as I did, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what I feel like we could declare together as a church, okay? So would you guys all stand with me? Let's all stand together. Now, if you grew up at all, and I grew up in the Methodist church, if you grew up in a, in a traditional church, you've done this before. If you didn't, this is going to be new. We've only done this a few times uh, in our history at K2. But what we're going to do is, at least in my tradition, we call it a responsive reading, okay? And so what's going to happen here is I'm just going to make a statement and then I t here's your chance to declare your devotion, okay? This is a chance, maybe I should say this better. This is our chance to declare our devotion about how we want to be relentless for Christ, okay? So I'll say a line, and you guys all just repeat it back to me. But here's what I want you to do, man. This is why I always got nervous about doing these things, because we could just do this rote exercise, right? Like I, you could sit in church and just say, back now, pastor said this, I'll just say this. Don't do that. Get to the heart of each one of these lines. Declare this with faith. Believe these things to be true. And in this place that we just consecrated, let's give God some glory. Here we go. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Our faith is not built. On the foundation of circumstances around us. Or on how we feel. Or on what happens to me or those I love. Our faith is built on the truth of Jesus Christ. As Lord through his death and resurrection. In the truth of salvation. Through receiving the gift. 
of full forgiveness of our sin against God. And through receiving the Holy Spirit. These realities will never change. And we will live relentlessly to that end. Amen. All right. Very good, man. Y'all have a seat. Sweet. So let's remember what is true today as we celebrate this new day. Now, Jesus knew that we would have, that we would have a hard time remembering. He knew life was going to get hard. He walked in the flesh, so he knows what it is to have emotions come and go. He knows what it is to feel joy, to feel sadness. Jesus knows all of these things. And so he came to us and he said, listen, right before he left, he looked at his disciples and he said, remember me. I want you to remember me. So that's what we're going to do in our first service here together. If you guys would pull out your little, uh, uh, little juice cup here. And hold on, because I need to give you some instructions. It took me a while to figure this out. Okay. But we're going to do, you call it whatever you may. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together. We're going to do communion together. We're going to take the Eucharist, whatever you want. It. But here's what Jesus wanted us to understand. I want you to never forget that I am the risen Savior of the world. And I want you to never forget how much I love you. It is hard. I am shocked after 26 years of walking with Christ, how I still can doubt sometimes that he actually loves me. And this is the reason that we can know what love really is. And so what you need to do is you need to take the clear cellophane, okay? Don't grab the purple part yet. Grab the clear cellophane and pull that aside. And now you can get access to the bread, okay? And here's what Jesus told us. He goes, this is my body. He broke bread and he said, I want you to remember, every time you gather together and you take this Lord's Supper, I want you to hold the bread in your hand and I, because this represents my body, which was broken for you. So for me, when I hold this, this is when I realize that God would give up his life for me. How much does he love you? That God would give up his own son for you. If he would let his son be crucified for you, what would he not do for you? And so here's what we remember through the death of Jesus Christ, that his life was given for us so that we can be reconciled back to God. So let's do this in remembrance of him. Let's take and eat and remember the body of Christ broken for us to show his great love. Okay, now, take the purple part. Peel that away. And here's the greatest news in all the world, you guys. Again, that when Jesus was on that cross, he wasn't just trying to show everybody how much he loves you. He was saying, I really am showing you how much I love you because I'm going to take upon myself the punishment for your sin. We can never forget, you guys, God is a holy God, and he is just. And because he's just, he has to punish sin. If he didn't punish it, he wouldn't be just. 
but in Jesus Christ, all everything you've ever done, every sin you will ever commit, he absorbed into his being and he received the punishment for our sin. What that means is, because God has already punished you, he never will punish you again. Is that not good news? This is the greatest news in all the world. Some of you need it because of what you did last night. <laughs> well, thank God I'm here. And you need to remember today that all of your sin was in his body. Colossians 1 says that because of Jesus Christ, not because of you, not because of your righteous works, because of Christ, you are seen without blemish and without accusation. That is good news. And I just want to tell you, man, if you are here visiting and you're not part of the K2 family and you're not sure about Jesus Christ, I just got to tell you, for me, this is the greatest news in all the world that I have absolute confidence. I'm going to stand before a holy God when I die. And he's going to look at me and go, dude, you look good. You look good. Because you're wearing Jesus Christ. I don't see one thing that you've ever done wrong. Because I already punished it in Christ. And it's all because he shed his blood. So Jesus said, don't forget, man, how much I love you. Take this and drink it and remember and let it cleanse you, right? Because if you, if you confess your sin, he forgives you and cleanses you. So you don't have to keep doing it, praise God. Who wants to keep doing stuff that's destroying ourselves and those around us? Because of Christ, we don't have to anymore. Let's drink in remembrance of our salvation. Jesus, we love you. We believe in you. We believe that right now in this very moment, you are the risen Savior. You're alive and well. We believe that as soon as we put our faith in you, we too were baptized with the Holy Spirit and that our spirit is now united with yours so that we can have your power and your love and your joy and your peace and your wisdom and your strength and your understanding. And we thank you and we praise you that you're here, right here with us every moment of every day. God, may you be glorified in our lives. May you be glorified through this church. May more and more people find the freedom that comes through the gracious gift of Jesus. And we ask for it in his precious name. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Let's stand and let's worship.